Welcome to the third edition of the Successful Farming in Her Field podcast brought to you by John Deere, who celebrates the strength and resilience of the women who make farms run. I'm Lori Boyer. They run errands and equipment. They bring parts and dinner. They drive the combine and the kids to school. They feed livestock. They fix skinned knees, broken fences. They do the books and lead the 4-H group. They simply make everything better. John Deere celebrates the strength and resilience of the women that make farms run. They make all the difference. Today, I visit with Tracy Woodard, who with her husband founded Covered in Cotton in Darlington, South Carolina. Tracy, I was looking through your website, and I'm so excited to learn more about your business and how you got into what you're doing with cotton and the agriculture industry. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. I did not grow up on a farm. I'm from Lexington, South Carolina. I had big city dreams of becoming a graphic designer and living in a big city and wearing high heels to work and in a corner office somewhere. But I went to Clemson University for graphic communications, and that was the plan. But I met this really cute farm boy from Darlington, South Carolina, my freshman year, and his family farmed. And his plan originally was not to come back to the farm, but as we started dating and he went back to work on the farm during the summer, like he always did, he um, came to me and was like, hey, I really feel like I'm supposed to work and be a part of the, the family farm. And the Lord was doing a lot in our lives during that time. And I said, okay, I knew I was supposed to be with him. And so graduated from Clemson University and married. Ty, my husband, and moved to the family farm in Darlington and have been figuring out how I fit into the family farm ever since. It's been a really cool journey. We have three kids. Our oldest is Tate. He's 10. And then we have twins, our little girl Tyson and our little boy Tobin that are seven. So we're very busy. It's a fun, fun stage of life that we're in, but um, we're just enjoying Um, the busyness of younger kids and farm and business and all those things. Tracy, the family business that we're referring to is called Covered in Cotton. So tell us more about the business. Yeah. So, you know, coming to be a part of the family farm, I always wanted to contribute somehow. And I knew I wasn't going to drive a tractor every day or be a part of the daily operations, but I knew I had something to add and loved agriculture and sharing the story of agriculture. And so for years, my husband, Ty and I would just, you know, have a conversation about, Hey, it'd be really cool if we had something from our farm that we could share with other people. We grow cotton, corn, soybeans, peanuts, timber, and beef cattle And all of that is on a a commercial scale. So we don't have that direct connection with the end consumer. And so in December of 2017, the Lord woke me up from a dream and the dream was covered in cotton and that we were supposed to take the cotton that we grow on our family farm and make it into blankets. And so I woke up from this dream I mean, the logo, the name, you know, the the business idea, and I wrote it all down and I woke Ty up and said, this sounds absolutely crazy, but the Lord just gave me this vision for what we're supposed to do. And he said, let's do it. 
And so we spent the better part of 2018 building a business, learning the textile industry and putting all the pieces together. And so um, Covered in Cotton was officially launched in November of 2018 through our website, which is how we primarily sell. That's coveredincotton.com. And so we choose the very highest quality that we grow on our farm, take that cotton and send it through our textile production partners that are in North and South Carolina. The yarn is made in North Carolina. Everything's woven back here in South Carolina and finished throws, baby blankets, hand towels, aprons, table linens, variety of different home textiles. And they travel 500 miles round trip from the raw cotton back to us as a finished product. And we sell them through our website. Are the products, are they 100% made from your cotton then? That's right. They are. And 100% made in the Carolinas. Tracy, I'm curious to learn more about the actual processing of the cotton. Can you explain that a little further? Right. So all of our cotton is taken to a cotton gin, which removes the seed from the fiber. And we get back all of the quality information for every bale, which is about 500 pounds of cotton. And so we're able to to trace that bale of cotton back to the field we grew it in. But we get specifications like how long the fiber is, how strong it is, how clean it is. And we take the very highest quality out of that and send it through our covered in cotton process. And the rest of our cotton ends up on the world market. But that which we pull out for covered in cotton goes to Thomasville, North Carolina to be spun into yarn. And then that yarn goes to Hickory, North Carolina to be plied together. So they just take two strands of yarn and twist them together. Then from there, it comes down back into South Carolina into Blacksburg, where our throws are woven, our fabric is woven. And then everything comes back into our county, Darlington County, at a cut and sew operation that sew on all of our tags and make all of our other products besides our throws. And then all of it comes back to us on our farm. We have a warehouse and fulfillment center right there on our farm that we built a couple of years ago. And we package everything there and process all our online orders to ship out all over the world. Tracy, can you explain to me more about cotton grades? Because you mentioned making products at your farm and then also open market cotton. So what does that mean exactly? Right. So we use a ring spun process, which requires a higher quality, but it produces a stronger and softer yarn. So that's very specific specifications that we've got from our yarn spinner that we're looking at, how we can pull out that specific cotton to put through that process. Um, Majority of the cotton grown in the U.S. is exported. And so it's very rare that you find a cotton product that is grown and manufactured here in the U.S. It's even more rare that it's the farmer managing that process. Can we talk more about cotton as a crop itself, how it is actually managed in the ground, how it's harvested, what kinds of things you do as far as the actual farming of it? So cotton is a pretty amazing plant in general. The fact that we can get fiber from a natural plant is pretty awesome. It's naturally hypoallergenic. It's breathable. It is biodegradable. It just has all of those great qualities as natural fiber. And technology is key to us being able to grow more with less. Um, That's the story of agriculture. 
you know, in our country today. And it's the story of cotton too. You know, we plant this time of year uh, around April. So we're actually getting started planting cotton this week. And cotton, especially in our part of the country, loves our tropical humid weather that we have here in South Carolina. Um, And most people don't know that it's cousin to the hibiscus and okra. So it actually flowers in the summer. So it has a beautiful white, creamy kind of yellow blossom that comes on usually early July. And then after it's pollinated, turns to a pinkish red. And then after a couple of days starts to dry out and the actual cotton bowl, B-O-L-L, starts to appear. And so, you know, that growing season is from the spring through the summer. And then once we get to the fall and the plant has started to um, dry out and drop its leaves and the bowl has emerged with that white fiber. And so those iconic cotton fields that you see, we're harvesting those in Uh, Late September, October, November. On our farm, we grow with just cotton on average around 2,000 to 2,500 acres of just cotton. So it can take a little while to get all of that harvested, but we have machinery that is full of technology that's pretty incredible and a story of sustainability. Really, years past, we had a, a different kind of cotton picker that would require almost six people to pick and several pieces of equipment that are burning fuel and all of that. But technology now has led us to a place where we have called a baler picker. So it actually pulls the fiber off the plant, brings it into that piece of machinery and into that harvester, compacts it all and wraps it in a wrap and spits the bale out the back. And so we can do all that with one person. And so it's pretty incredible to see the advances that we've seen and how that makes our job a lot easier and allows us to do a lot more with a lot less. When is it planted and when is it harvested? So we plant in the spring, um, usually around April, and then we harvest in the fall, um, usually kind of starting in September, October, depending on the weather. Then are you able to use the fields for any other crop or does it just stay in cotton? We rotate our crops. Um, One of many sustainable practices we use on our farm, a lot of our fields are planted in cover crops during the winter. So for us, that's either a rye or wheat that we've planted over the winter. And then instead of harvesting that crop, it's killed so that that organic matter can help with soil erosion and pest pressure and weed pressure. Um, So we'll plant into that cover crop. But as far as that essential commodity crop, we only have one season a year in it. So it's from spring to fall that you'll see that. Tracy, once it is harvested, is it stored on your farm itself then? Is that what happens? So once it's harvested, as I mentioned, those big, huge bales, they weigh about 7,000 pounds a piece. Our cotton gin, which is a gin that services a lot of farmers in our area, They'll come with their trucks and transport those modules of cotton to the cotton gin where they're removing the seed from the fiber. And then once everything is repackaged into a cotton bale, which is about 500 pounds, then they're stored there at the cotton gin. And most of the time, once that point of the process, they're already sold or about to be sold. So they're stored there at the cotton gin and are transported from there wherever they may end up in the world. Now, you mentioned that your husband's family already had this 
farm operational, do they help or is this strictly you and your husband or how does that dynamic work out? Yeah. So we are a third generation family farm. My husband's granddad started the farm back in 1962. Currently it's my husband, Ty, and his older brother, Wes, and their dad, Frankie, that own and operate Woodard Farms. And then we have several full-time employees that work with us as well. Tracy, how important is it for you to keep an eye on what's going on with the cotton markets and financials? What we actually pull out for covered in cotton is a very small percentage of what we grow. On a given year, it may be less than 5% of our cotton crop for that year. So we certainly are very interested in market prices and how those are changing throughout the year and how we're marketing that crop to get the best price we can. When you say open market, what does that mean exactly? Right. So majority of cotton grown in the U.S. is exported. So a lot of that will leave the country. Tracy, taking a conversation back to what you do on the family farm, how involved are your kids? Anyone with a farm knows that it's a family affair and my kids love being a part of the farm. Any opportunity that they get to go and ride in a buddy seat on a tractor or get dirty, they are there. My oldest, especially, he works with his dad during the summers and is learning to drive equipment and and really have some responsibility on the farm and really adds a lot of value. So it's really fun to see them grow and love what we do. As for being financially stable on your farm, Tracy, do you have an outside job or does your husband have an outside job? So my husband is full-time I'm working on the farm. He has been since he graduated college. I initially, once we got married, worked off of the farm. But now that we've created Covered in Cotton, I actually operate that business full-time. Tracy, I know you mentioned some of the end products that you sell on your website earlier in the interview. I'm on your website right now, CoveredInCotton.com. Let's talk a little bit more specifically about those products that you make and you sell. Original collection is our throw collection. Um, so we have four designs as the natural color of the cotton have been bleached or dyed. And they're all 50 by 70 inches. So an oversized throw that you would snuggle up on the couch with. I have them all over my house, wherever anything that doesn't move, it has a blanket on it. We also have hand towels that are a natural color as well, used in the kitchen or the bathroom. We've got a collection of family recipe hand towels with some recipes that are special to our family that are printed on those. We launched a new apron this year, which was really fun. We also have baby blankets that are a swaddle size. So that's really special for us to see little ones wrapped in, you know, cotton from our farm that's made here in the U.S., We just recently launched our gathering collection, which is our napkins and table runners that are also the natural color of the cotton, which is really neat because you can see even little flecks of the stem or the leaves there still in that cotton that'll wash out as you continue to use it. And so every product looks a little different in that sense. And then we do have some color in the air. We launched a limited edition collection of our, one of our designs of our throws comes in three different, really rich, earthy colors. And every product has a name that's attached to um, our family or our farm. And so it really kind of brings that farm family aspect into everything. 
let's talk a little bit about how you market your business online. How did you get started and, and what are some of the things you do to get those customers purchasing? Social media is a huge tool in that. The thing that makes Covered in Cotton special is we just have an incredible story to share. The story of our family, the story of our family farm, the story of agriculture, even the story of our son and our covered and our cotton with a cause mission. And so just being able to share that story on a platform like social media is really effective. We've been very fortunate that we've had others come along and want to share our story too. So whether that's been magazines that we've been featured in or, you know, a radio show or something along those lines, we've seen some really incredible opportunities come that we would have never imagined. Southern Living Magazine and Garden and Gun Magazine have been part of a John Deere commercial. So those things have been really incredible just to see how that story gets to be told in a lot of different areas. And that's the number one thing that people tell us besides they love our products is, I love your story. And so any way that we can share that through email marketing or social media and digitally is, is a really great opportunity for that. They run errands and equipment. They bring parts and dinner. They drive the combine and the kids to school. They feed livestock. They fix skin knees, broken fences. They do the books and lead the 4-H group. They simply make everything better. John Deere celebrates the strength and resilience of the women that make farms run. They make all the difference. If I'm reading right on your website, Tracy, you also do some tours and educational type things on the farm? Yes. And that's one of the things that I love being able to do when we built our covered in cotton facility there back on our farm. It really gave us this opportunity to bring that full circle. And so we've hosted tours for people from different parts of the world, different opportunities there. And one of the things I love about doing that is we get to start a conversation before people are asking the questions. So one of the things I love to talk about in our tours are, you know, the way that we grow things and how chemical is not a bad word, how profit is not a bad word, you know, and, and get to really open people's eyes to farming is a business. And we look at sustainability as sustainable for people, sustainable for profits and sustainable for the planet. And so getting to share that story before people are, you know, have a misconception, even maybe kind of sharing the truth of that. And, you know, we're water farms, incorporated. And so I think people have a misconception about a corporate farm, but they step out into our farm and, and all you can see is land and trees and crops for miles. And it's like, this is not the corporate farm that you would imagine. And so getting to kind of dispel a lot of those misconceptions maybe that people have is one of our favorite things to do to just show that we're a regular family who love our family and our children and, and want to make a living doing what we love and, and helping other people in the process. That being said, Tracy, what are some common questions you get from people, whether they're visiting their farm or whether you're just sharing your story or the story of ag with them? Yeah, we'll get questions about GMOs, which we honestly love to press in and talk about more because that's a great piece of technology that allows us to do more with less. 
I've had people saying that they've heard that farmers have pretty much like depleted the soil of all its nutrients and that the soil is so much worse off than it was years ago. And I just share the story of my husband's grandfather and the piece of land that he built and he bought in 1962 and how we still farm that same piece of land. And it's more productive and more healthy than it ever has been. And so that leads us into talking about technology and how that's a huge tool for farmers today. But I get some really interesting questions. I've met people who think cotton comes from sheep. I've met people who are surprised that cotton is a plant, that are surprised that cotton comes from a seed. You know, what seems so commonplace for us living where we do and on a farm is really not that commonplace for majority of our country. And with the average American so far removed from the farm and from agriculture and from even the concept of sowing and reaping, it's a real honor for us to get to be a part of sharing that with people because they don't know what they don't know. And so we love that they would come and ask us those questions so that we can have conversations about it. That was such a great answer. And I really appreciated listening to you. Thank you for that. What are some goals that you have for the future of your business and operation? Wow, we would love to continue growing our product lines and really our market share across the country. But we have a mission at Covered in Cotton. Really, our mission statement is in three terms to promote the comfort and quality of cotton grown and manufactured in the U.S., to invite people into relationships to learn more about agriculture, and to share a story that shares hope with people. And so that's really our guardrails for how we determine success. You know, having tours on our farm and being a part of the agriculture industry is a way that we deem success for Covered in Cotton because we've been given a platform to do that. I would love to write a children's book about cotton one day. I've got a lot of personal things and I'm just had that creative side of me that I would love to just expand even beyond cotton products. And then also our Cotton with a Cause mission is tied to the story of our son who, when he was three months old, he had bacterial meningitis and had emergency brain surgery on his first Christmas Eve. And we had a nurse give us a blanket while we spent 35 days in a children's hospital. And so when we developed Covered in Cotton two years later, we knew the Lord was bringing that story full circle because our son, Tobin, is completely healed in every way. And we get to see God's miracle in him every day. And then we also get to see how we can bless other people with what we've been given. So for every 10 throws we sell, we donate one to a children's hospital in South Carolina. And that's truly one of the best things that we get to do. And so we'd love to see that continue to grow and be able to make donations even outside of South Carolina as we continue to grow. That is such a wonderful and inspiring story, Tracy. I really enjoyed listening to you and also understanding how you use your story to give back. And since we are on the topic of family, how is the family dynamic in working on the farm, not only with family, but also with your in-laws? Covered in Cotton has been this really incredible opportunity for us to dream about something together and to 
work side by side. I've taken more of the brunt when we first started. We did everything out of our house. We put our kids to bed at eight and then we would work until one or two o'clock in the morning, filling orders and taping up boxes and doing all of the work. But now as we've grown and I do it full time, time, my husband is more of a consultant role. (laughs) And so we still get to have these great, like big picture dreaming conversations. And so that's been one of the best parts. And we don't always agree on everything. I mean, who does? But learning how to work through that and just agreeing on what our mission is and what our goal is, like it makes it a lot easier to work through a lot of those things. And it is a family business. My kids are known in the UPS store because that's where we unload all our boxes. They actually are like, tell your kids we said, hey, you know, so it's really this family thing. And not only do they work on the farm, they help out at covering cotton and are learning a lot of great lessons in the process. And so it's really fun for us to, to work together and to be together like that. It's not always without its challenges. At the end of the day, we love it. Speaking of challenges, Tracy, I was going to ask you to talk to me a little bit more about what some of those are. I know you just mentioned some, but in addition to that, what are other challenges that you have experienced or are experiencing with your business? One of the initial challenges for us was just figuring out the textile industry in general. You know, we've been growing cotton on our farm for generations, but once it left our farm and the cotton gin, we had no idea what that process looked like. So, Probably one of the biggest obstacles has just been learning an industry that we've had no experience in, but we've met and added some really incredible people to our family along the way that have helped us and continue to help us and provide that guidance and expertise. And so the textile industry in our country is not what it once was. And we're very fortunate that there's a remnant in North and South Carolina that are so local to us, but some of them are the only one doing what they're doing left in the country. And so that's certainly a challenge as we look to the future of, you know, our production change. What does change? What does that look like with changes that they would make or they were to go out of business and how can we vertically integrate and and make sure that these things can continue. So I would say that's probably one of our biggest challenges. Throughout our discussion, you have mentioned several positives. Are there any additional positives you wanted to mention here today? As far as leading a business in general, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. I find myself like laughing when I meet someone who says, I want to work for myself so I don't have to work nine to five. Which is really funny because you don't work nine to five, you work 24 (laughs) seven. And the most challenging thing is leading yourself in that environment because there is no one else responsible for you. And at the end of the day, the buck stops with you. And so um, that's certainly a challenge as it looks like to move forward and navigate family and other obligations and all of that. And that's something I'm constantly figuring out the rhythm of in my life in different seasons. It certainly gives flexibility to do things. You know, my kids are really active in sports and in their school and in other activities. And so, you know, having a business of my own and and Ty, you know, my husband as well, working for himself, you know, on the farm, we get a lot of flexibility there. But then there's also a lot of responsibility that we carry too. And so 
that's one of the conversations I'm constantly having with my kids when they don't necessarily want to go be a part of this errand we're having to run or I'm having to be out of town or whatever it may be of just we get to enjoy the blessings of what this looks like in our lives in this season. But we also have responsibility in that, too. Are you involved in any outside organizations? Yes. One of the most impactful organizations for me and my husband has been South Carolina Farm Bureau. We got involved with that when uh, we were just married and have just been completely blessed um, by that organization and the family of that organization. They've invested a lot in us as leaders and hold and, and have held certain positions there. Currently, I'm on our state women's leadership committee. Gotten some really incredible opportunities through American Farm Bureau as well. I'm also right now involved in our South Carolina. It's called P-LEAF, which stands for Palmetto Leadership and Environment, Agriculture and Forestry. And it's a two-year leadership development where we have leaders in those industries from across the state that we're developing, investing in ourselves and also these industries in our state. And so covered in cotton and, and being involved in agriculture, even though I'm not the one driving the tractor every day, has been this platform for me to be able to be involved in these things and and have an impact there, which has been really incredible. Anything else to mention here today, Tracy? Anything you thought of maybe why we were talking or that I didn't ask about? I think as women in agriculture, we have this really incredible opportunity to really make an impact and share in a new way. I feel like I have my burden to bear of, of proving that I'm competent and that I'm you know trustworthy and that the things I say have merit. And so that's my responsibility. And in that, I think as a woman and having that voice, it stands out in historically more of a male dominated industry. That's just the facts. Like I don't feel hindered by being a woman in the agriculture industry, but you know, I understand that it's my burden to bear of proving that I'm uh, right for the job and that I have an impact to make. And so that's been a really fun journey to just see how at one time I used to look at myself as just a farmer's wife and how the Lord and people that have invested in me throughout the process have given me a voice and a confidence to be able to speak to our industry and share my passion and share my story and impact it for the good. Thank you to my guest here today, Tracy Woodard. She is the founder of Covered in Cotton in Darlington, South Carolina. The website is coveredincotton.com. I'm Lori Boyer. Today's In Her Field episode has been brought to you by John Deere, who celebrates the strength and resilience of the women who make farms run. To hear more stories from the In Her Field series, log on to agriculture.com.